Hey family, thank you for tuning in to Our Roots Podcast with Joseph Babaifa. We're only the strongest roots see the light, brought to you by Botanica Candles and more. And if you haven't had the opportunity, please tap that like button and hit that subscribe button. Great episode I've been wanting to do for a long time today. It's on Babaluaye, right? Um, an Orisha that I've been venerating since I was a young boy in Hialeah. Um, somebody that is as public as he is obscure. And who's going to help me through this process is Mr. Phil, the podcast doctor. Hello, everybody. Uh, glad to be here. This one I don't know much about, so I'll be learning along, along with uh, a lot of the other people here. Baba Luaye is an interesting case, man. Um, he has a classic story, and then he has a bunch of different manifestations. So his whole life epic is probably as diverse as anybody could imagine. So, Okay. Well, glad to get into it. Absolutely. I want to give a shout out. Oh, please, please, to all our members. And if you haven't joined the membership program, come on. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Come on. So I want to do some different music this time, so. Ah, elevator music. <laughs> uh, That's exactly what it is called. Of course, man. Elevator it's in music. like every, every movie. Yeah, okay, so. Go ahead and join our membership program, guys, if you have not done that yet. But uh, I do want to shout out some of these new members. And these are these people are our vip members here oh thanks guys so a shout out to eddie brown oh yeah shout out to zokai okay shout out to ricardo ferguson thank you shout out to diana canellis okay shout out to the trini rican goddess oh my goddaughter She's very active in the chat oh yeah uh let's shout out some premiere members as well oh yeah it's uh i can't pronounce this it's uh Ikechuku. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ikechuku. Yeah. Okay. Shout you, out to the brother. How do you say that again? Ikechuku. Okay. He's from one of the tribes in Nigeria. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. He's awesome. All right. Shout out to Stephen Feliciano. Thank you, Steve. Shout out to Angel Dust. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Philly 1984. Awesome. Great year. And shout out to Kenya Hutton. Oh man, so thank you, Miss Kenya. All our new members. And again, if you have not joined our membership program, it's very easy. All you have to do is hit that join button that's directly under this video. We got three different tiers and three different sets of perks you get for each tier. Gotta love the perks. All right. So here we go, man. Oh, Baba Luaye, right? Um, we're gonna go ahead and delve into the name. When we say Baba Luaye, um, we're saying father of earth, basically, right? Um, but he has another name, which is much more common in Nigeria, which is Obaluaye, which means king of earth, basically, or king who resides or presides over earth. Um, and he was just that. Babaluaye was a king. Um, he was somebody that, you know, was born into royalty um, in the land of Lukumi or, or Yoruba land. Um but he, before he became king, like fully, you know, where he was uh, recognized and crowned, etc., he was quite a philanderer. He was all over the place, you know. He was mm. a man with a very high libido. Um, he's associated with, you know, certain conditions and diseases because of it. And this story explains that. So he had quite a reputation around town. And his father, or Lodumare, or God, said, hey, I understand you're a young man. You're soiling your royal oats, like uh, King Joffy Jofer said. And, um, you know, that's perfectly fine, but you need to stabilize your life. Prestige is important. Um, I'd like you to elect your first wife, you know? And he was like, of course. But he did not listen. So, um, partying, being out and about, um, he met this woman. And he, uh, he took her home. And they had an entanglement. Yeah. 
Um, the thing was, though, is, you know, it was, it was dark. You know, hey, let's go back to my place, things like that. So when he woke up the next morning, he realized the woman had leprosy. <gasps> oh, no. Yep, she was a leper. Um, but until he had her as nature intended, he didn't see what he needed to see before making that decision. And just like that, he was infected, you know. So here's the thing. When he left the hut, everybody quickly realized, hey, we have an issue. You know, this guy's sick. And what they did was is to get rid of him so he wouldn't contaminate everybody else. They threw water at him. Why? Because when the water hits a leper lesion or a lesion of leprosy, it stings. So he basically hobbled his way out and was kicked out of his kingdom. He's wandering, right? He's falling apart. The leprosy is eating away at him. And his brother, Elegua, runs into him on the outskirts of, you know, the village or the kingdom. And he said, bro, what happened to you? He said, man, I was with this chick. I didn't listen. God, you know, dad told me to get a wife. And, you know, I wasn't trying to hint at that. But I got a problem now because I feel like I'm dying. And he says, you look like hell. And he said, well, why don't we go visit Orula or the Bawalawo? And Bawalawo was kind of skeptical because he really, all he was thinking about was, you know, Project X, you know, partying and women and things like that. So he said, yeah, I think I need some help now. So when he visited Orumila, Bawalawo walked through the door. And Orula was like, Elegua, what did you bring me? Like, this guy, he's like, no, this is my brother. He needs help. You know, I'll pay for the reading. Like, just make it happen. So when they perform divination, the Odu Irete Kana is revealed, or Irete Okanran, where Orumila said that he had to be initiated into Ifa, mm -hmm. and he needed to be cleaned with, like, grains, and he always needed to keep dogs with him. You know, sometimes it was two, sometimes it was three, based on the version. But um, Babaluaye really didn't have the funds to do any of this. He had literally just went bankrupt. So um, his brother, Elegua, um, got together with his comrades, Ogun and Oshosi. They got the funds together. Uh, they got the dogs together, the grains. You know, Rumila fronted the initiation, everything. Um, and just like that, it was all good or done. But he was still sick, and he didn't see any changes in his condition, where Rumila said, you have to keep walking now. Bahaluaya said, I don't want to wander anymore. Like, tell me where to go. He said, I can't do that. But whenever you stop walking, that's where you're meant to be. And Bahaluaya was like, good God, look what I just went through for, you know, such a lack of clarity. So he went walking, walked until he couldn't walk no more. And Olodumari saw that he had, um, you know, fulfilled his obligations. And he, you know, felt bad for his son and realized, you know, this might be the turn of a new leaf, you know, for a better tree. And he sent the divine rains down. And as the rain started falling on him, and as the dogs started licking his lesions, he little by little was getting cured, and he didn't even realize it. So he arrived in a land where people were cheering, paying homage to him, all these different things, and he was mm -hmm. kind of spooked. So he said, you know, what's going on? You know, why are you guys, you know, uh, paying homage to me? And they said, we just did a divination where the Odu Iretekana was revealed, which was the same Odu he came with in Orumila and as Babalawo. Mm -hmm. And the reading said that the fastest way to success was when the next man with three dogs walked into our town to make him king. No. And they gave him the name Hazohanu, which means the person with the miraculous medicine. Because they were looking at him in a distance, and they're like, crap, a leper's coming. You know, get ready. But little by little, as he got closer, he was normal or healed or healthy. Um, and just like that, he became king in the land of Dahomey or Benin. 
which is the The woman king. The woman king, exactly. You know, and they're in Cuba, they're recognized as the Arara, right? Which is actually a name that comes from the drums in that tribe. Because when what happened was is when the slaves would come over, unfortunately, you know, the slave owners were so ignorant that they didn't take the time to understand the people they had just bought, you know. So what would they do? They would pick a word that was recognizable that the uh, the slaves would use interchangeably and just associate that with that group. That's why the Lukumis became the Lukumis or known as the Lukumis. Some people say Lukumi is a shorter version of Olukumi, which means my friend. And there's another version that says Olukumi means by the way you're hitting me, you're going to kill me. So because, Those are two very different. Yeah, so based on dialogue, anthropology, I don't know. I go more with the way you're hitting me is going to kill me. Because oilukumi means o, i, lu, you're hitting, ku, kill, me is me, right? So I go more with that one because it's a little more, you know, tragic. Um, but it's the same thing with the araras. So when they would talk about their drums, they'd be like, rah, rah. So the, Cu- the Cuban slave owner was like, oh, those are the araras. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so that's where okay. that came from. Or the Carabal, because, you know, like the people from Carabal, like they became the Carabalis. Like it was very like, you know, it was, it was a low-key insult, but it ultimately became a culture. Um, so he went over there and he became king. You know, he they say he married a woman named Nana Buruku, which we have a video about her on the channel. Um, you know, and he, he married her. He was loyal to her. Um, some people say he met her on the path where she she was actually the chick that he was with that he took with her, you know, because at that point, all they had was each other. Like, the one that gave The one that leprosy. gave him the leprosy. It's like, well, we, we did this. We might as well stay together, right? So okay. they had some friction. They hated each other, you know, and then ultimately they got healed together and became royalty together in another land. The crazy thing about the story is when he arrives over there, um, he starts hearing the people in his old land where he lived, like the land of Ife and stuff like that, there was a huge epidemic that actually, you know, befell upon them because of the way they treated him. And Olodumare sent them a plague. So they started screaming out for his name, you know, Bawaluaye, Bawaluaye. And um, he went back and saved them for a cost. And they asked him to stay. And he said, no, I have a life somewhere else. But if you ever need me from this point forward, you can go over there and find me. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, Bawaluaye or San Lazaro, is such an interesting deity because he has a manifestation in each one of the clans in Cuba. In the Arara, they give him a certain way. In the Lukumi, they give him a certain way. In Africa, he has manifestations all over the place. Like, he is the guy. So it's interesting when you see the parallels between Babaluaye and actually St. Lazarus, right? A guy that resurrected, a guy that walked with the dogs. Like, to be frank with you, I look at a lot of the archetypes of the saints. People like to say that we syncretized with them. I feel like they syncretized with us because you look at those kind of parallels and you're like, dude, if I was around, I don't know, what was it? 6,000 years before you guys. Right. But you're seeing those kind of similarities. What did you get from us? Mm. You know, so you, you see that parallel. And in, in this sign, it speaks of when Babaluaye left, like Iretekana. Um, within the shell, there's a number known as 13 or Metanla. It's recognized as the division between the aspect of the Dilogung that pertains to the Oriate or shell thrower. And then after 13 and beyond, you know, belongs to the Babalawo. Now, it's not that the brother shell thrower can't manifest an Ita or speak about or finish the consultation. He definitely can. Like if 13 through 16 comes out, 
You can finish the consultation, do your recommendations, etc. The only stipulation is when that occurs, the shell thrower has to recommend to the client, you need to go visit a babalawo. Because in that Odu, once he became king, he remembered all of the charity that Orumila provided him, mm-hmm. that his brother Elegua and his friends provided him. That's why when you get initiated into Babaluaye, the Babalawo has to be present and you have to receive, um, you know, Eshu, which is known as Afra to a certain degree. Um, but the warriors are incorporated in the ceremony. Like it was a commemoration of you guys helped me and I'm going to make sure you're compensated forever. So whenever you're going to receive Babaluaye, all of these characters play a huge role. So what are some characteristics of you see them people so what i've noticed with his children um they're very reserved i remember when i was first getting involved in this spirituality formally you know after years of studying being in the culture but i never really took the step for initiation partly because i didn't know what the process was i actually went to cuba after receiving my hand of ifa to receive oloku right and one of the guys that went with me was actually crowning shango and one of the guys that was running the ceremony was a son of Babaluaye crowned directly, which is very rare. Like some houses actually don't incorporate that. Ours does. And I remember interacting with this gentleman. He was very serious. He wasn't a very tall guy. Um, you know, he was very to the point. But he took a liking to me because, you know, basically whatever he said, I did. You know, I've always been one where I don't, if I don't know something, I follow direction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, very quickly, you know, in his own way, he opened up to me. He talked about his process, the history of his family. He was from Matanzas, which is kind of one of the cradles of the Babaluaye cult in all of Cuba. Um, you know, so they're very reserved. Um, my brother-in-law is a son of Babaluaye. Um, he's not crowned, but he's a man of few words as well. Um, you notice that with them. You know, there's like a natural predisposition, you know, very a Keanu Reeves demeanor almost. Okay. Like, you know, I was just less who was I, I was, was reading your mind, Phil. Is that how that works? Very, very, very reserved. And I think it's because of the fact that he was betrayed. He was somebody that, you know, provided so much to so many people. But when he was at his worst and lowest, there were literally only four guys that were willing to help him, maybe with his wife, a fifth person, etc. Mm-hmm. So you're going to notice with them there's a lot of reservation. There's a lot of it takes a while. And it might never stop being socially awkward in that context. Like they're the type of people where they'll stop right here. And no matter what you do, you might not ever get past that. Um, threshold with them. So they have a lot of walls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and when you talk about Baba Luaye and his children, the children of Baba Luaye um, have like this uh, polemic past within Ifa because for the longest time people said the sons of Baba Luaye could not be initiated as Baba Lawo um, because they say that when you're a son of Baba Luaye, you're always going to come in trance at some point, whether it's with a spirit or the Orisha. And obviously to become Baba Lawo, you cannot have any of those characteristics. We as a house, me as, as a Babalawo, if a child of Babaluaye comes forward and wants to be initiated as Awo and he has all the credentials, I'll move forward. I personally don't partake in that, but I can recognize that the child of Babaluaye has a natural predisposition towards mediumship. And there's various signs that speak about it, whether it's Ofunka Malaife, whether it's Babao Yekumeji, you know, where he would divine with the water and the spirituality or an Ofunka was where, you know, it became taboo to initiate them as Babalaos because they were always coming into trance. 
Um, you know, we're talking about excellent mediums or excellent Baolaos or Olorisha priests. Like I've even, the guy that I interacted with in Cuba that one time, he was an Oriate or the master Olorisha of the room. You know what I'm saying? They worked as a group. It was him and two other gentlemen, but he was a master at sacrificing. Mm-hmm. He was a beast with the knife. Um, other characteristics, I mean, as far as Baolaos, we're talking about somebody that really isn't associated with happiness. Right. When you look at the and this actually because we're going to be coming out with an inle. Is that because they've gone through a lot of trauma? That as well. And apart from that, Obaluaye is the Orisha of sickness. You know, he is the patron Orisha of whatever horrible disease is going on at any given moment. I'm going to see if my knowledge works here. Dale. I, I, so excuse me if I'm wrong, but was there a pataki? Was was it Babaluaye? Was that was was in the water and Yemaya helped him? Yes, sir. He does it You're killing it, Phil. We're waiting for you, man. Yeah, I think that's a great one to bring up here. Um, because once again, you're gonna see with him there's various versions of his sickness story. And we'll kind of bring it full circle with the uh the sickness concept, but that was just it. Babaluaye had just gotten punished, that whole backstory. Mm-hmm. But this this sign says things went a little differently. You know, there's plenty of avatars of how things happen after the base backstory so in one case he arrived at the beach he was about to die he fell in the water Yamaya cleansed him and he was cured he fell in love with her for saving his life and they began a relationship so the houses that don't crown Babaluaye directly came up with the interpretation of crowning Yamaya and Babaluaye is your father right um, we personally don't incorporate this because we feel that it isn't taboo to crown him on the head. A lot of people do because they say he embodies sickness and you can't crown somebody with sickness incarnate. So we don't interpret it that fervently, but he is associated with whatever the most horrible disease is at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in this case, it was COVID about a year ago. But before then, it was HIV. Before then, it was Ebola. Before then, it was any disease that was terminal, cancer. He's with everything because that's how he punishes, you know. So it speaks of that. But when we're talking about him, he is associated with sickness to the point where he's actually, like, repudiated, you know, where he's not um, really accepted. Forgive me. Hmm. That's interesting, though. Um, So what about... You mentioned cancer, though. Everything, everything that's horrible, any sickness, whatever. That's why he is associated with the healing <coughs> of everything as well. Because in the Odu of Odimeji was where Babaluaye was Inle's brother. And uh, Inle was really well-loved within the village. Children, every time they would see him, they would rejoice, they would lose it for him. But they hated Babaluaye because he was, like, old and crabby, and he was just unhappy all the time. Curmudgeon old man. Yeah, he was crotchety. You know what I'm saying? So one day, Babaluaye became jealous and killed his brother, and he hid the body. So Yemaya, who was the mother in this story, tells her son Shango to go look for, you know, his brother Inle, or Erinle. And when he found the body, he saw Babaluaye kind of hovering over it. He said, bro, what's going on? He said, no, I killed him because, you know, he thought he was better than me. And he said, it's not that he thought he was better than you, brother. It's just that you're intolerable. You're always miserable. You don't take care of your health. You're, you're a drunk. Like, you're just, you are the worst expression of existence. And Chang'o went to, went to kill him, but Babaluaye ran away. 
So that's why I know Dimeji Baaluai is associated with the tears or the screams of children because he would mistreat children or make them sick because he wanted somebody else to feel his pain. So what happens in Nigeria is that when a child gets sick, they rub red palm oil over him, like to lower fever and things like that, and to keep away the influence of Bawaluaye, because Bawaluaye would rub red palm oil on his sores to kind of create like a lubricant or a barrier, a membrane between it and nature. You know what I'm saying? So so let's get real here for a second. Like the way you've been describing Bawaluaye, it doesn't sound like this somebody that I'd want to be associated with. Yeah, he's not real heroic. So if you get... What was the, um, see now I'm forgetting here, but if he shows up for you, what do you what do you do? What do you feel like? Oh, I don't, this is the one I was hoping for. Yeah, you learn how to interact with that energy because you don't get to choose your parents. You are who you are, right? But the most important thing when you get identified as a sorisha is understanding how to counteract all of the negativity that it comes with. It's not, and it's not negativity. It's more obstacles, right? Because Ochung has very negative aspects. Shango has very negative aspects. It's just with Bawaluaye. He's associated with negative aspects that really hit hard for us. You know, children being uncomfortable or sick, sickness in general. I mean, if you look at the Odu of um, Ofun Topola or Ofun Tempola, it was when Bawaluaye was king of the world, right? And his father was Olodumare. You know, he's constantly seen as the son of God. And um, one day Olodumare and the devil are actually having a conversation. And the devil says, I can corrupt anybody on earth. And God said, you can't corrupt my son, Bawaluaye. No way. And he said, give me three tries. If I win, earth is mine. If not, I'll disappear into the cosmos. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he said, all right, you got a deal. So what did the what did the devil do? He started making Bawaluaye's life miserable. And he took away three things. The first thing he took away was Bawaluaye's money. Mm. So Bawaluaye was used to living a very luxurious lifestyle. Like when you look at how he's manifested even in Nigeria and the New World, you see like these velvet robes and, you know, he's dressed very elegantly and things like that. He wasn't used to being poor, you know. <clears throat> the poverty came later with this sign. So, but he lost his money. He was like, whatever, you know, you make money back. You know, money comes and goes, but time is what matters. So... He continued, and the devil said, all right, strike one, you know. But then the devil took away his family, you know. And Bawaluaye, when he lost his wife and his children and things like that, like he, it really it really hit home for him because he's like, now I'm broke, now I'm alone, you know. And he kind of looked at the sky. He's like, you know, why are all these things negative? Why are all these negative things happening to me if I'm, if I'm the son of man, ultimately? And, um... But he kept he kept a truck and he said, this is life, you know. So God looked at the devil and said, well, you got one shot left. He said, I'm going to get him this time. You watch. And the devil took away his health. He made him sick, gave him the leprosy, right, or whatever you want to interpret it as. And this really sent Bawaluaye in a downward spiral. Like He just didn't talk. He wandered in the desert. That's why when you see him over there, he kind of looks Arabic. Like, have you seen the movie The Mummy? Mm -hmm. Do you remember when Imhotep is walking through Cairo and he's covered in the black robes? Mm -hmm. That's Babaluaye. Okay. If you notice when he opens his mouth and he lets the plague out, yeah, that's Babaluaye. And he was wandering. 
And he just kept looking at the sky, pondering things. He wanted to flip out. He wanted to curse. He wanted to do all these things. But he just meditated and meditated. And then after, you know, however many days in solitude, he looked at the sky and he said, if this is what you want for me, this is what I want for me. And God looked at the devil and said, you lose. He said, man, you really got one there. Take care of him. And the devil left, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, God opened up the sky and told Bawaluaye what was happening. He rewarded him for his loyalty. And he said, being that you're the guy that saved the world, the world is yours. You know, so that Odu says, with great power, great responsibility, great obstacles, great resolve, it's saying that this guy was the guy who really showed us that it's better to fight sickness than to lay down and die. Because Babao Fumeji says when people get sick, the first thing they want to do is die rather than fight. So Babaluaye has that resonating message of you don't give up until the last breath. Have any of the other Arishas have gone through any type of, I guess, hardships that than him? No one has gone through it worse than Babaluaye. Yeah. Not even Ochun, because Ochun was so broke that, you know, she cut off her hair, she lost it, she escorted you know, a bunch of different things. Um, but I think the Orisha, and these are why these Orishas punish so harshly. Like there was an old saying that, you know, the two of the Orishas you never wanted any issues with was Babaluayen and Oshun. Because they went through such hardship, they don't tolerate that kind of weakness. You know what I'm saying? Or that lack of integrity. Because they were able to maintain it even through that hardship. So, but no one has ever gone through it worse than Babaluaye. Not Oba losing the ear, not Shango hanging himself, because unfortunately that Odu said, you know, suicide is as horrible as it is. It's it's much easier than tolerating whatever it is that we want to kill ourselves over. That's why Babaluaye, to a certain degree, went through it worse because he just was stuck. He 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 couldn't kill himself. He didn't know how. Whatever it may be. Um, so he, he had it rough because he had to stick it out. So maybe I was interpreting it off. So maybe people who are, um, what's the word, crowned? Mm -hmm. yeah, or crown, initiated, initiated, yeah. They can endure. Yeah, they're meant to endure. Okay. And they, you know, um, another thing that's associated with Baaluaye, unfortunately, is any type of skin condition due to the leprosy. Um, they may have a predisposition towards acne that needs to be treated. Um, he's associated with measles, smallpox, like... Babaluaye in Nigeria isn't even kept in the house. He's, he lives outside the house. And that was manifested in the Odu of Irete Obara or Irete Oba. Because what happened was is Babaluaye was looking for a place to live and his friend Agayu had an extra room. So Agayu had a beautiful daughter and the daughter's name was Dada Bayani, right? Who was Shango's sister. So, you know, Babaluaye wasn't ugly. You know, Dada definitely wasn't. And every now and again, they'd walk past each other in the hall and they'd stare at each other a little longer than, than usual or casual. And then out of nowhere, you know, everybody's asleep and they're having an entanglement, right, an affair. Mm -hmm. um, but the problem was is Dada didn't know that Bawaluaye had an affliction, which was the leprosy. Because it hadn't developed to the point where it was noticeable. But, you know, and you got mm -hmm. yourself in nature's, you know, wardrobe, you know, it's going to come out, you know. So this was a big issue now because between the leprosy and it says that in the specific uh, Pataki, this is where syphilis first manifested. All of these things started ravaging Dada's body and her immune system to the point where she started losing her hair. So she confectioned a wig. Um, it's an Odu that speaks of wigs as well, where they first manifested. And um, 
I got you started noticing his daughter was off. Mm. He's like, what's up with you? Like, you're off. You know, you're acting weird. You're reserved. Like, everything okay? And she's like, no, everything's fine. But her brother, Eshu, was behind every door and watching everything, went up to Agayu and said, yo, this guy infected your daughter because you let him live here. Agayu flipped out. He beat the hell out of Babaluaye, but he didn't kill him just because. Babaluaye went into the jungle. He ran into Shango, who didn't know what was happening. They were talking and fraternizing. Babaluaye shacked up with Shango. And then Legua one day walked by. He said, bro, how are you going to allow this guy to live with you? Look what he did to our sister. Shango beat the hell out of him. Mm. Kicked him out. And Babaluaye said, I'll never live in any. I think it was Shango that cursed him and said, you'll never live in a house again. And that's why Babaluaye lives outside. Because you can't bring pestilence into the home. You know? So there's certain quirks with him. There's certain processes with him that are going to deviate very much from the other Odishas. This one's a complicated one, man. Yeah, it's heavy. That's why, you know, to be frank with you, and we, it's me talking about it because I i was actually in communications with uh, a gentleman who claimed to be Crown Direct um, when I actually, you know, was trying to manifest uh, this encounter. I wasn't able to really communicate much. Um, you try to find his children. They're so few and far between. Like, um, it, it, it got to the point where I just need to talk about this guy because one of two things is occurring. Either they're so um, few or they're so reserved they really don't want to talk about it periodically. I was just about to say that. They did mention that they have their walls. Yeah. So maybe they're not just They just, open. you know. Yeah, and I, I'll be frank with you. We're talking about, and this is not everybody because I have a goddaughter that's a child of Babaluaye that, you know, she, she socializes perfectly, right? Um, but you have others that really just don't interact on that level. Like the, the, the social interactions are very difficult for them sometimes. So, and that could be a very spiritual in nature as well, where if they're not spiritually elevated enough to a certain point, their own spiritualities, because every child of Babaluaye has a, an ex um, or transitioned spirit that was in this cult before. So every child of Babaluaye has a spirit that lived that was a child of Babaluaye as well. So it's like this cyclical thing where you're constantly trying to elevate, you know? Hmm. What are some of the colors? Because you mentioned that just they about had that. like velvet and other other type of uh, wardrobe. Now this is this is before the fall, I guess you can say. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because you know, unfortunately, when he uh, when he became afflicted, you know, he was in rags, yeah. basically. Um, and I believe that's known as alakisa. In, um, in Yoruba, and it's associated with him when the person is, uh, you know, covered in rags and things of that nature. Um, but in Nigeria, he is, um, his color is more like maroon or a wine almost, um, you know. But in um, in Cuba, it's the purple. So it's kind of on that same spectrum. Um, in our, you know, manifestation, he's practically naked for the most part. He's bare chested, you know, you're going to see a satchel that he wears. That's going to have the beans and things and grains that he used to clean himself, herbs of that nature over there. He looks like Imhotep in the, basically in the, in the marketplace, like his head's wrapped, his face is wrapped, you know, to cover up and things like that. Mostly the same color profile. Um, but you're going to see the dogs, you're going to see the, the parallels. And that's why. San Lazaro or Babaluaye became so popular because he literally, you know, encompassed the archetype of St. Lazarus. Um, and that's why, I mean, from where I'm from in Hialeah, like the 16th of December going into the 17th, you know, East 4th uh, in, in Hialeah and East Hialeah 
is like it is bombarded. They have to shut down the whole avenue because it gets so packed that people he is I mean Oshun may be the patron orisha of Cuba being our lady of charity but I have to think the most adored orisha period is Babaluaye. Hmm. You know, and he's definitely miraculous. He's somebody that everybody visits. Like the big thing with him is like the promise, you know, like make a promise, have a miracle happen, things like that. Like when you go into that little it's a church. When you go in, you see like a wall full of like pendants and you have the like each of the pendants represents a miracle or like a, a promise that he's fulfilled. You see the people crawling or dragging themselves um, down the avenue to the church. Like they make like promises like I'll drag myself from my house to the church if you do this for me. You know, things like that. Um, yeah, so, yeah. You, you mentioned um, punishment earlier and I wanted to ask you a question then, but we just kind of went around when a Arisha punishes someone, does it, do they punish them based off of what they went through? Is that what you were trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, they can. Like, for example, because that's their energy. The reason they went through that in life is because that was the incarnation of the energy that they were manifesting. So when we're talking about the energy of sickness, hardship, poverty, you know, that's why he manifested that way because that energy got recycled in nature in a way where it incarnated in said destiny or person, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so he punishes, and that's why you really, I'm not a fan of making promises to the Orishas. I just kind of allow things to manifest because this is like a deity where you make a promise and you don't fulfill. Um, you're going to have serious issues. I'm, I'm going to actually put myself in a vulnerable space here. I'm going to, tell you know what happens when you make a promise to this orisha and you don't really fulfill i made a promise that i wasn't going to cut my hair um until i crowned orisha to bawaluaye right this was before i had hand of ifa okay right so um i had a certain hairstyle that didn't work with me afro no, no i ended up getting dreads right and i got tired of them after a while and uh, this was in high school and i said bro i gotta get rid of these because i'm just it's not working for me you know what i'm saying and um i cut them I cut them before time. And uh, I'll be frank with you, brother. From like the age of 18 to like up until I did Odisha. Oh, man. It was rough. It was tough. Yeah, it was rough. Like I moved to Miami. really didn't have that much guidance. I moved back to Miami. I didn't have that much guidance. I started getting into the religion. You know, you're working. You're trying to study. You hate school. You know, it was just it was a real uh, it was a real it was it was hardship. You know what I'm saying? But I remember I got one of the first readings with my godfather who I eventually obviously did Ifa with. And it's crazy because in the reading he said, Bawaluaye is mad at the person who doesn't keep his promises. Oh, snap. Yeah. So me once again being all, you know, poetic and philosophical, I said, I promise not to cut my hair until I do Orisha now, just to make up for what I did. And I waited five years from that day. And I fulfilled. When I went to Crown Odisha, the guy who, you know, ultimately cut my hair, he's like, dude, you got to pay me extra. There's too much here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he's, uh, and when even when I got, like, because I was Catholic, I got confirmed with his name. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when they confirmed me, it was under Lazarus. So it was it's somebody that, or an Odisha that I have a huge affinity for. Um, and in my sign, he had an epic story. You know, in, in my sign, it's one of the signs where he went from the land of Ife to Dahomey and became king. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the manifestations within um, the Arara, you know, or the Dahomey uh, spirituality of Vodun, ultimately because he pertains to that, his archetype. Um, so in my sign, he it, it, it speaks very heavily of him. So if you are getting 
punished by any of the Orishas. How do you get out of that? Um, it takes time. It's not just you do something and it goes away because the thing about it is with spiritual contagion, as I like to call it, you have gone against nature. It's not so much punishment, it's retribution. Okay. You've gone against nature while manifesting a certain energy, and because of it, you're going to get the repercussions of it. So there's usually a, a not a traumatic event. depends on the degree, though. You're going to have something noticeable happen. You're going to be, all right, I just got spanked. You could do the offerings, and then, but at the same time, you still have to come back from that, you know, because you get veered off so far. Even if you fix the tire over there, mm-hmm. you still have to drive back to the highway to be able to get where you're going. So it, it takes time, you know, because the Orishas, they're like, all right, you gave the rooster, whatever, but I want to see how your conduct is. I want to see how you respond to said uh, obstacle, you know. But, um, can you get punished by multiple uh, Orishas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, People have odus where it's like, uh, you know, Chung and Yemaya. Like, let's say you're a child of uh, the waters or the two waters, as it's known. We spoke about it in the Yemaya episode with Arkia. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to punish you the same at the same time because they bless you at the same time. Everything they do is in unison. So you could have issues with everybody. Like, I think when I was younger, there were times I did some things that were so random. I was getting it I was getting it left. It's like when you walk home and everybody knows, like, your grandmother hits you and then out of nowhere your aunt hops in. Like, you know, the way it was old school. <laughs> you get a family beat down. Your uncles get home and you're like, oh, damn, you know. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, with them, because you can do things that are so contrary to that which is naturally fluid, you're just going to get it from everybody. And Bawaluaye is kind of, but there's a story where Bawaluaye showed up at a drumming after he got sick. And when he got to the drumming, he started dancing, but, you know, he had his affliction. So he was all like, imagine Elaine dancing on the no, side so, episode oh, no. times 100. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was trying to dance on his crutches and whatnot, and he fell. So everybody started, you know, they started ragging on him, like, ah, look at you. You know, they laughed at him. They jeered at him. He opened his mouth and let go of the plague, and he 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 literally infected all the orishas. Everybody was sick. Everybody was gonna die, mm. except Olodumare. So Olodumare calls Bawaluaye forward and says, "Bro, what are you trying to do? The apocalypse?" He said, "No, they made fun of me." He said, "Of course they made fun of you. You slept with this woman. You you, you did this to yourself." You're dancing. You don't really have those capabilities. You need to accept your situation to a certain degree. This is part of your process. And he's like, well, you know, I don't want them to make fun of me no more. He says, believe me, no one's even going to, you're not even going to be invited to the drumming no more. And when you come through, everybody might leave. He took the curse off. And from that day forward, everybody, you know, left him alone. You know, it's crazy because Babaluaye, within the Lukumi tradition, is seen as one of the Orishas that can go into any body. You know, like we're some like if I was not a Babalawo and I'm crowned Oshun, like Oshun is the one that can kind of mount me or go through my body or cause me to go into trance, right? Babaluaye is the only Orisha that no matter who you have initiated in, he can manifest through your body because everybody can get sick. So that molecule's there. Wow. So yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he really has dominion over everybody because at the end of the day sickness can affect any head so therefore he's able to you know be transient through each of them if that's the case can two orishas i'm not gonna say the word fight each other inside someone but can can you have conflicting i guess not ideologies but you said that you know he would 
manifest in somebody by being sick, but what if you're initiated as another uh-huh. Orisha right. uh-huh. and then he comes in? Can you guy? Is there some sort of internal struggle there? No, because they bow down to him. Oh, that's the thing. This guy is. I mean, it's not about ranks. Like the Orishas are beyond that, mm-hmm. but you have certain Orishas that are in a class where it's like just leave them alone. Like just whatever they want to do, just do. One of them is Eshu or Elegua, because Elegua is he's everywhere. He's everything. Nothing works without him. But Babaluaye is so feared. Whatever he wants to do, but you, like let's say, let's say right now within me, Oshun is there. She moves a little to the side if she if he wants to come through. Oh man, this reminds me of the movie Osmosis Jones. Really? Oh man, Lawrence that was Fishburne a while ago. was yeah. the virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside, <laughs> it was like that. He's the mucus. Yeah, he's uh, Baolua is all of that. You know, so mm. when when you look at that and you see those concepts, you begin to understand the the the, the magnitude of the energy. You know. So if somebody, if somebody is initiated in Babaluaye, mm-hmm. we're not saying that it's bad, right? No, God, no. No, okay. it's a blessing. It really is. Okay. Because it's so exclusive, you know? So how, do, how, does, how does somebody, I guess, em- embrace that or celebrate that or... Because from what you're telling me, it, it doesn't... I'll be honest with you, man. Yeah, it's it, scary. It sounds like I don't, I don't want to be, well, this guy to be a part of me. He gets me sick. Yeah. I, you know... Have kids being sick? Yeah. Why would I want him? Why would I want that Arisha to be? Why would I want to be associated with? Him? Yeah, of course. So please, like. <laughs> no, I mean you gotta. I, I don't know if you necessarily have to crown him or initiate into his mysteries, yeah. but you need to see where he failed. Okay. If like I, I have, I think I only have one godchild that has this Orisha out of you know nearly a hundred that I've formally given hand of Ifaz. Um, you know, um, I I would tell them the same way I told her. Be careful with his failures. Don't walk that path. Avoid the promiscuity. Um, avoid the instability. You know, um, take care of your health. Make it a priority. Stabilize your life. You know, all these different things, you know. But from a positive aspect, Babaluaye had really great moments as well. Like if, you, if he liked you, if you're somebody that was humble, if you're somebody that was deserving, he was very magnanimous in that regard. Like if you look at the Odu of Oyekumeji, um, Oshun was a, a medium, a spiritual medium. She was a, a, a child of Egun. Like she would come into trance and things like that. And um, one day she consulted a man named Osain, who's the Odisha of the herbs and the witch doctor, right? Osain fell in love with her and he was trying to take advantage of her. And she's like, hey, you know, I'm not interested in you like that. Get out of my house. But Osain, being horrible, left witchcraft in her home mm. and it caused her to go blind. Days go by, no one sees this woman. And mind you, she's like the the head, like, spiritual, you know, woman. She's like the Iyalode of that, you know, village. So they thought she was dead or whatever. So the guy who was like the coroner, the coroner undertaker of the town was Bawaluaye. So he went to actually go collect the body. Mm. But he realized, holy crap, this woman's alive. Now, mind you, her, her conditions at that point were horrible. You know, you know, hadn't bathed, this, that, and the third. She lost her sight. He said, what happened to you? She said, I consulted that guy. He left. I lost my eyesight. I've basically been here dying for the past, like, two days, whatever, three days. Um, I need help. And he's like, well, you know, let's get you bathed. Let's, you know, all these other things. You know, and he did so respectfully. You know, he helped her, you know, achieve those conditions. And that he took her to Orula, 
or his godfather's house. And when they consulted her, she came with the Odio Yekumeji, right? Where Ifa says she had been a victim of witchcraft and the darkness, which actually was born, or the absence of light or blindness was born in Oyekumeji had befallen her. Mm. So, you know, he said, you need this, this, and this. Baaluaye said, I'll take care of all costs, you know, I'll help her. And um, they performed the Ebo, but it came out that she had to initiate into Orisha. And the people that were going to help her get there was Orumila and Baaluaye. So she received her hand of Ifa, she did previous ceremony, and then they took her into the room. And her eyesight came back. When this occurred, um, you know, her and Baaluaye kept a friendship going, and they eventually actually started a relationship and got together. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's it's him in a positive light, you know. Mind you, it's really crazy. Like, you go to a cemetery, you see the guy digging the hole. You're like, and he might be the most wonderful guy on earth, but you're like, you're digging a hole to put somebody that's transitioned in it. You know, mm -hmm. there's this automatic, like, oh, God, you know. Ick factor. Or you got the guy that, you know, is a mortician. You know, he handles people that have transitioned all day. You're like, I don't want to hang out with that guy. And that's horrible because that's like your first impression. Like, you're thinking death. Maybe there's death on him. Maybe, like, all this ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Bawaluaye was a victim of that because – he fulfilled all those roles. He was the guy who drove the funeral car. He's the guy that processes the body. He's the guy who buries the person. But then you see these stories of miraculousness and charity and love, you know. Um, so there, there's a really positive aspect to him as well. I, I love him. Like, Baaluaye, like I've, you know what I'm saying, I won't say, well, I've had, I've had conflicts. I've had wars. I've had situations, you know. I'll never forget, and this is, this is pretty personal, man, but, um, I remember um, the worst year of my life up until this point has been the year my grandmother died, mm -hmm. right? And I'll never forget that year. At the beginning of that year, I came with the Oduo Barakosun, right? Which is where Babaluaye, there's two stories there, but one of them was Babaluaye had gotten kicked out of where he was, and his brother Shango had conquered a land, which was the land of Dahomey. And if you look at Woman King, who were the greatest enemies of Dahomey? The people of Oyo, right? And Shango was the king of Oyo. Oh. So I don't know. They might have gotten something from that Odu of Obarairosu. So when Shango sees that his brother's really not doing anything with his life, he's like, yo, I love you. I have other lands to conquer. I got to go. But I want to leave you as the king of these people. And if you come with the leopard skin, which was the sign of the royal, like you talk about colors and diagrams, he in that sign, he dressed in leopard skin. You know what I'm saying? And when he arrived in the town, the people respected him as if he was Shango because of the way he was dressed and the way he was pedigreed. Mm -hmm. And he stayed king there. And when Shango finished his other wars, he went back and, you know, he tried to not necessarily take the kingdom back from his brother, but he wanted to see, you know, were people happy, were people not? And people said, no, you please leave him. He's amazing. We love him, you know? And um, that's when, you know, Shango gave Babaluaye a kingdom, right? Even when he didn't believe in himself. So where does this tie in with my grandmother? I come with Obarakosun. My grandmother had situations where her heart and her kidneys were fighting each other. She had congested heart failure. That medication affects the kidneys. So she was all swollen. Yeah, so they had her on a, I think it Dialysis? No, 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 not dialysis. God, I, I don't remember the- A the, water pill? A diuretic. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, and she was on Coumadin, a blood thinner, like a bunch of, you know, things. She was 85 when this started and 86 when she transitioned. So that's happening. Um, 
you know, things just start, you know, escalating quickly. And it um, ultimately, you know, ended with her passing on December 30th of that year. You know what I'm saying? And the crazy thing about it was, is my grandmother was a daughter of Shango. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And who defended me that year was Baba Luaye. Okay. And the crazy thing was, is the prophecy was Ireo Bale, Elese Baba Luaye, which means a blessing of position or kingship mm. by way of Baba Luaye. So when I looked at the dynamic after I'm going through like this depression and I'm trying to get over the worst pain I've ever felt, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because I didn't understand what pain was until, I'll say I didn't understand what pain was until my grandmother died. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm looking at the pataki after the funeral, because at that point I'm so distraught, I just want to read. And I'm looking at it, I said, this is what it's talking about. Babaluaye, or me, arrived. Shango my grandmother said, hey, I have to leave. I'm leaving you with the kingdom now. Mm. And it was just like that. Because when she died, it's crazy, bro, because I'm only 31. I became the patriarch of my family because she was the matriarch of our family. You know what I'm saying? So those are the kind of experiences I've had with this Orisha. And I was able to avoid um, a very debilitating depression based on the example that this man provided. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't want his brother to leave. He didn't feel like he was ready. And um, to be frank with you, when my grandmother died, I didn't feel like I was ready. Yeah. And in situations like that, either you're going to crumble or you're going to assume. And because of Baba Luaye, I was able to assume. Wow. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, and, forgive me. And, no, it's yeah. fine. We can, um, you know, we can cut this part if we have to. But, like, yeah. you don't ever say the word die. I don't feel like we die. How come? Because death, death is only the beginning. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, How many out, movies say that? Shout out to the movie, The <laughs> Mummy, yo. But um, I don't feel like we die because there's still energy there. I feel like death is like when a light bulb bursts out mm. or uh, I feel like death is for things that aren't alive. To, to, to die means you never were alive. Because when there's life in something, whether it's a human being, a soul, an idea, um, a movement, those things never die. They transition. Like So, for example, right, they say great men never see their dreams realized while they're alive, right, or they're here. But even when they die, what happens? That movement, if it really has life within it, transitions. Someone else will carry on the flame. I feel, I feel ultimately, even though I feel like Ifa personally isn't moving in the most correct of directions i don't think it will ever die i just feel like we need to be careful that we don't take it so far off track that it's going to take us generations to get back on track and progress you know and if we're not careful i think with this specific you know phase that we're going through um it could get there because i feel like people are focusing more on the material aspect of it the novelty aspect of it rather than what he is trying to provide which is wisdom and guidance mm. You know, interesting. I noticed that you never you say you say transition. That's that's the word. And I, I got to I got to attribute that to my elders, because the men that trained me taught me to speak in a way where it was never detrimental. So, for example, if I'm performing a consultation for someone, um, I never say, hey, you're going to die. Because within that cipher, I like to call it, within that space, that circle, anything the Babalawu says will happen. So I can't say you're going to die or you guys are going to get divorced or 
anything negative, I have to say, be careful with transitioning this year in any way. Be careful with a lack of communication that could cause you guys to separate. Mm. So I, I, I stay away from words like that because I do believe there is energy in what we express. The Oduo Chetura says it. So when you hear me speak in a way of transition or I'm, I'm a little resistant to certain words because those words are present in the English language. When you look at old world language, certain words don't even encompass certain concepts, you know. So that's really where it comes from. The way I was trained was very old world. I won't even say old school because it was probably before school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These guys were crazy. They were different. All right. So, I mean, with Baba Luaye, um, guys, we were able to delve into quite a bit. Um, I know it's going to generate a lot of questions. Interesting as it cat should. there, yeah. Oh, man, you got to love him, you know. Um, as far as closing thoughts on him, um, learn from him. You know, when you talk about somebody that was able to have the confidence to present themselves in such a vulnerable way for other people's betterment so that they avoid the same mistakes, it's nothing short of honorable, you know. Um, so, heck wow. Um Another thing, Lucille Ball's husband, Desi Arnaz, they say he was uh, initiated into this deity. Really? Very, very, very devout. Like, Lucy, I'm home. Yeah. Yeah, he was a musician, and they say he was very, very uh, dedicated to this deity. So either he was initiated in it or he was just a, a real advocate. So nice little fun fact. But um, a couple closing thoughts. BotanicaCandlesAndMore.com is up and running for services as well as products. The podcast um, has gone over the 10K download mark on all major yeah. platforms. Yeah. You know? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. So it's, I think Amazon, too. So, so humbling, you can tell man. Alexa to you so, know, play Alru's podcast. Tell her. Yeah. Um, there's that. Um, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Big thanks from Alru's podcast. And until next time, see the light.